0: Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. Okay, the topic for today is dispositions. Dispositions really encompasses anything, anytime you got to sell a property. So if you're wholesaling, that could be selling it to a cash buyer. Um, if you're rehabbing, it's going to be selling it to an end user. And dispositions is something that gets overlooked because it's a pain in the ass. I mean, if you're wholesaling, it can be easy if you have a great buyer's list, but when you're selling retail, it's a lot of work. So the most important thing to know about dispositions is that your asking price is tremendous. It is the number one form of communication you're going to have with the buyers, whether it's a cash buyers list or to end users on the multiple listing service. You only get one chance to really have a great asking price and when we started uh, doing this for the first four years, where we got renovated everything, we really wanted to price everything at the top of the market because we thought our properties were great. If you really did a great job, and you, you can price at the top of the market, but I think a better way, both on the wholesale and even on rehabbing to the retail market, is to price things cheaper. Um, the entire real estate business is changing into an information-driven internet uh, world. So. i've said this before real estate is really a commodity today so 50 years ago if you had an amazing property at a great price if someone didn't see the sign or your ad in the local newspaper no one was going to know about it today there are probably buyers wherever you are certainly in new york from all over the world who want to buy things at a discount if you're priced well um it's going to sell and people are going to do their search on the internet by price so what do i mean Uh, let me give an example of something we recently did So we had a property for sale and it was a hotel deal and the house wasn't in great shape. Um, I thought it was worth uh, a little over 400,000, but we put it out at 399. We put it out at 399 because people searching for that type of house in that type of city are going to do a search up to 400,000. Some will, some will search more higher, but a lot won't. You don't want to miss those people. Now if it's worth more, it'll go for more. In this case it went for less and it was probably worth less. But, you need to stay below certain psychological numbers, and very often we, we take listings, and the sellers want, I want four sixty-five. They'll say, I don't list it for less than four eighty-nine, and very often they miss the boat because they miss buyers who are looking only up to four fifty or something, something of that nature. Properties sell all the time for above asking price. If your property is worth more, the market will tell you that because buyers will come in and pay more. Um, so the only real way to ensure you're going to sell something today is to price it right. That's it. And everyone's expecting a turn in the market. I I don't know when it's going to come. We're in an upmarket now for about 12 years. We're due for a downturn. Price is the main factor. So yes, you can lower, you can reduce the price you can, but when you reduce the price, you're signaling a message to the people looking at MLS that this guy really wants to sell or something's wrong with the property that hasn't sold initially. Even if you had just priced it too high, so you need to be on top of the asking price. Um, one thing we did when we used to rehab is we used to stage properties, and we still have two houses worth of staging furniture uh, in some of our properties now. But the question is, when should you stage? When should you not stage? So there are people who stage all their properties, and I understand that, I, I get it. Um, you have to really ask yourself when you need to stage. So the times we need to stage are here's here's what we what we use. Number one, if we create an open concept area and the the areas aren't defined so the eating area is not defined maybe there's a chandelier but no one can sort of envision how a table will be you should stage if the rooms are small especially the bedrooms are small you need to stage them with 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 beds and and end tables and maybe dressers to show that people can get their uh, furniture in there but if you have a big beautiful house and big huge rooms you don't need to stage it right people can envision anything going in there so we really feel like only in those two situations if this if the areas need definition right because you may be made an Eden kitchen slash dining area and no somebody's not going to see how a table again there then put a round table in there or something and if the rooms are small then you should stage short of that i don't think you need to stage in today's market but if the market really turns then staging your house may have a, a maybe more important the whole purpose of staging, and people ask, uh, what, by the way, some people don't know what staging is. Staging means you're putting in furniture into the house. Uh, so we have uh, beds and table dining, two dining room sets and uh, a bunch of blob beds in different sizes for uh, accessories, mirrors, things to hang on the wall. That's what staging is. And what it does is for an end-user buyer, it creates a picture in their mind of them living there. They can envision it living there better because now they see it. Now, of course, we always got stupid questions like, oh, does somebody live here? What's going on? It doesn't matter. When we have people offer you money for the staging furniture. It doesn't matter. The point is, if you have a hard-to-sell property, you should think about staging it. right? And, it might, and, and sometimes the cheapest way is to literally buy the furniture from Wayfair or from Frontgate and just buy it and keep it if you need it. Um, I spent a whole day putting together staging furniture one day. It was not an easy day. Um, but... If you have a hard to sell property, staging it uh, can never hurt you, unless you stage it wrong. You know, you put furniture, that's too big for the space. No one can walk into the room, but assuming you know what you're doing, uh, hire a higher decor, give a, pay a decorator $200 is a consulting fee. Um, we hired stagers before, but we, you know, when you wholesale a property to an investor, you can't stage it because it's usually, it's in terrible condition. You don't own it, so you can't stage it. But if you're doing rehabbing and you, or you're wholetailing, then you can think about staging it um again if the rooms are small or if this or if the areas need definition um, when you dispose of a property when you're selling a property you want to create uh, a competitive bidding situation another reason why you want to price it low uh, and you want to create a feeling of scarcity and you want to create a feeling of uh limit limitate uh, I'm using the word wrong word but you a competition so you want you would love to it's best to show properties with multiple people there I know people are afraid oh I don't want to show two people once get 20 people there at the same time because those people are gonna say if everyone's here then somebody wants to buy this property you want them to want the property because other people want the property and you want to create a deadline and you want to get offers by that date um, if you price it right you'll always have it and you should pick one and move on um, but you want to create a competitive bidding situation Uh, very often when we uh get to show a wholesale property that we don't own the seller will give us a small window an hour a half hour even and uh we'll stack up you know 50 people to go look at it we had a a showing like that recently i think we had 50 or 60 people in a half hour go through the house seller was not so happy but i talked him off the ledge so the situation is that people want what other people want that's just psychology and people want what they can't have so you want to create a deadline say let's say you show it on us uh, you have an open house on a Sunday or on a Saturday to Sunday you want to say all well, bids in by Tuesday uh, sometimes that backfires because you don't get any offers so you got to make sure your price right and you got to make sure that you are going to get some offers or else you're gonna feel like a moron when you call these people back and say uh, we just lowered the price you can only create scarcity if it's really something that's scarce right if you have if you're priced too high you, you can't do any of that so uh you want to accept offers now here's a big one i spoke about this before i'm gonna speak about it again i know it's very controversial but this is maybe the most important thing you want to uh, uh know about until contracts are signed the property is for sale so we accept offers all the time every week and i will say we accept your offer but understand until contracts are fully executed the property is going to continue to be marketed and it's still for sale Okay. People will call and say, why are you having an open house? You accepted my offer. I don't care. And I will argue this with anyone, any day, any time for as long as you want. I don't care about the old thinking that once you accept an offer, the property is off the market and it's your word. That is complete BS. And let me explain why. On dozens, if not a hundred of occasions, we've had buyers who agreed to a price and then just disappeared. I had a buyer tell me he was had the got, went to the bank, got the down payment checks on the way to his attorney, and then I never heard from him again, ever. So it's very simple. If they're not under obligation to buy, you're not under obligation to sell. So I don't care if the guy says he just mailed in the check and the contract, continue to show the property, market the property, have open houses for the property, don't ever stop until the contracts are signed by you and him. And even if the contract signed by the buyer and they send it to you, until your lawyer looks at it and says no changes made because we had that once, the guy sent in the contract but he put a $20,000 sales concession on there. So that was not good. Uh, That was not what we agreed to. So understand that. Um, Now another big question that comes up is whether you should list it on the multiple listing service or not on MLS. So um, it it really depends on the situation, right? If the property's vacant and the guy gives you a lockbox, you, gotta, you know it's a wholesale situation. You got to see if it's going to make sense. We did it once and uh, oh, we got in trouble for something like that. So you got it's got to make sense. The guy has to agree. Uh, you need to be clear. So um, the, the, the thinking of listing it on MLS in a wholesale situation, which is legal in my area in, in, in uh, LIBOR, the Long Island Board of Realtors, is that you're going to expose it to more people people that maybe you don't have on a buyer's list or are on nobody's buyer's list the other thinking is that you know you put it on the market it's already an on-market deal i, I don't know which one's better but you need to have a system for when you do that and when you don't we, we we only put it on mls if we can't get it through our buyers list. we haven't listed a wholesale deal on mls in a long time um because we've we've sold them through our list quickly you know we'll never know if we could have sold it for more on mls but again it really depends on the situation if it the Property is vacant, and the and the and the and the owner is nowhere near. And he says, "No, I don't mind you put a lockbox on it then sure list it on MLS, but I'd rather sell it to people that we know that we've bought from us before quickly than uh, deal with inc- the incredible amount of idiots that show up on MLS. So we, or we don't understand what assigning a contract is. We get that all the time. What does that mean? Assigning a contract? You're in contract. It's already sold. They don't get it. So continue to market we have a dispositions manager works for us it was the greatest thing we ever did was hire him because uh he's great and we can take listings and not have to worry about doing open houses and he gets our property sold for us so he's worth every penny we pay him uh you don't need that until you have a decent amount of deals coming through but it was probably our best hire ever so uh that's it for dispositions it's the greatest thing when you sell a property and you make money on it and i hope uh, if you haven't done one yet you will And if you need any help with any of this, you can uh, give us a call. The number is below. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.